0: Before we get started, let's just let's just affirm together just our appreciation for Brandon and John coming down here. Let's give them a hand, and um, we uh, we just we're just blown away by this ministry and just their just just being brave and going for it. And and and, and this is new for them. It's uh, it's a whole different area of ministry that I've never seen before. Maybe maybe there are things like this, but. Um, it's been so helpful to me. And, and one thing we want to talk about is next week when we come together, after the or during, or I'm not exactly sure how it'll work out, but we're going to take up a love offering for these guys. And, and we want to be a blessing and a help uh, to them as they've helped us. And so we want to do that. And uh, we'll talk to you a little bit more about that on Sunday. Um, but we're going we're gonna to do that and take care of them. So if you've been wondering about that, um, we will take care of that. Next week, and we just so appreciate these guys. So I'm sure you, you you get sick enough of hearing from me. So I'll have a word of prayer, and we'll get we'll get to the to the main course here. And but let's ask God in our own hearts as I lead us in prayer that, that he'll he'll do a work in our lives today. That he'll he'll speak to us in an area that we need spoken to. Amen. And uh, he's good. He's loving. And and and, and He's ever expanding our, our, our view of Him and how big He really is. And so let's pray that He does that a little bit more for us tonight. Dearly Father, Lord, we are so grateful to You for the fact that You saved us, that You sent Your Son down to uh, take our place, Lord, that, you, uh, that that You've allowed us to know You, that You've reconciled us to Yourself, that we're Your sons and daughters, God, that we are... Uh, joint heirs with Christ. And Lord, tonight as we, as we think about how we can love better, how we can understand more, um, how we can talk and have conversations with people maybe we've never known how to even approach before, Lord, we ask that you'd speak to us, that you would help us, that you would, that you would just make us uh, a people who just magnify and show the love of that you've shown to us, to others. And Lord, just help us now as we, as we listen to John and Brandon, as we assimilate the information, Lord, that you, would, that you would just just do an amazing work, not just here at Foundry, but in Bend, in Oregon, and throughout the United States, that, that people would come to know you uh, through this ministry. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory for that. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on up, guys.
1: Now you can clap. That's that's it. Yay! Oh my gosh, you guys move farther away. You know what that means, right? I'm going to get closer. So it really might get on you. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is, but if it gets on you, you let me know. We'll clean it right up. So thanks for coming back, being brave. You know, one thing that we want to make sure you understand is that we're not here to tell you what to do. We're here to meet our family. And you're our family. And our goal is that to do what God said, which was go to your family, give all your brothers and sisters what they need and help them go be the best brother and sister they can be. And that's how we see it. And you're being here and asking us questions, sending us texts throughout the week, calling us, you know, those things are important. And we love the fact that, that you love the Lord enough to come back here see your faithfulness today has purpose in the kingdom and people sometimes forget that i know sometimes i do but the lord loves us so much he gives you the strength to come he takes away the fear and then he says now i'm going to reward you for going and doing what i gave you the opportunity to do i mean what a great god we have right so before we get too far into this Uh, And we've got a couple of handouts for you tonight. Hopefully you brought a pen. You can follow along on one of them or or both. Um, Are there any questions or comments? Because we'd love to hear those. And they are going to be on tape, so, you know, they have to all be good. But can we, uh, Pastor Trevor has the mic so he can come around and find you. Anybody with questions or comments before we get started? Like last week. It's okay to share. Looking around. No, Okay, we're going to move on. So, first thing we want to do is get these handouts handed out, if we could. And then this is the one that we're going to be kind of tracking through, if you will. The other one is informational, and you'll see that it's a hot topic item. Uh, of the day. We brought the second one so that you could really understand that what we're talking about is not just homosexuality and gay people. We're talking about your other brothers and sisters too that are out there with these differences of opinion about sex and, and sexuality. In the case of the handout there it's about abortion I think you're going to be really surprised what your neighbor thinks, you know, in the next big denomination, because I know I was, and I thought, I have to share this. Because the more we know, the more freedom we have in Christ, and the more freedom we have in Christ, the better and easier it is to walk with him, okay? So Brandon's going to start off. Hi, Brandon. Say hi. Hi, to the camera. Hi, YouTube. Am I on? Are you on? Did you turn it on? I'm
2: unmuted. I'm on green. I'm good.
1: Well, we're not going to have him yell at you, so. Yeah. Check, check. <laughs> I got full battery. Anyway, so Brandon's going to start off and discuss uh, the, the very first top, uh, the top part of this uh, handout. Do what? Check, turn it check. on. This is kind of the crux to the evening. So what, what I want you to do is listen carefully to what love, sex, and intimacy is. Check, check, there we go. There we go. How it...
2: <laughs> check one, two, rattle, rattle.
1: How it all works, because as we go through these other items that are on the, 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 the plan today, uh, I think you're gonna be surprised at how, you ca- if you can break these things down the way he's going to, and then f- you follow that train of thought uh, through all of the items you have listed, it's really quite revealing as to what's what, uh, because we we tend to lump things together. So anyway, now that Brandon is working, I'm going to sit here and watch the show.
2: (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, we got a a comment earlier um, that sometimes I seem a little rambly. Um, There's actually a reason for that. I actually have like attention and memory problems. So if I, like, go one direction and all of a sudden I'm like, and he's like, what's he talking about? Like, please have some grace for me because um, I was actually on, like, ADD medication for, like, the first 13 years of my life. Uh, well, that I can remember anyway. It was, like, fourth grade up to, like, freshman year of high school, and it really jacked with my brain chemistry. So, so, so that's that. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what I'd like to start off with is actually something – that really helped me understand even just my own relations, relationships, um, and usually this conversation starts with somebody talking about love the sin, hate the sinner, and I will go into talking about um, well, what you when you say I loved I loved you, but I hate your sin, um, you know the the person who is gay, identifies with the sex. That's what they identify with. And so you're saying, you hate my sex, God hates my sex, and so therefore he hates me. And that's... T- t- taking a second to look at that, it just brought something to mind that was just astounding. And that, that really is the essence of how um, same-sex attraction and the whole gay identity thing is actually an identity issue. It's not a behavioral issue. Um, in, somebody, in, in the same-sex attracted mind or somebody who is identifying themselves with their sex, and even just out in the world, and sometimes even on our own minds, sex, love, and intimacy are the biggest the, the biggest things to do with, with our relationship. However, in their mind, it's all jumbled together with one big ball of wire. It's all, it's all connected and it's inseparable. Whereas, um, in reality, like it says uh, number two on your, on your handout, they believe that they're not exclusive to themselves. And in reality, that is true. You can have sex without loving somebody or being intimate with them. You can love somebody without having sex with them or being intimate with them. And you can be intimate with somebody without having sex or loving them. That it's, it, it's, it's much more separate than, than we like to think that it is. And the question last week that we ended on was I have a daughter who's concerned about never finding a relationship or companionship in this life. And this is the crux of where that is. Because when you tell me that God hates my sex, you essentially just told me, being a same-sex attracted person, that I can never have love or intimacy with anybody ever if I can't have sex with them because it's a sexual identity thing. And if, all, if these three are all wrapped together, if I can't have one, I can't have the whole package. And that, that just blew me away. Um, And so, like, the things that we have to work through in ministering to somebody in in that particular situation is peeling apart those things. And what I like to talk about is David and Jonathan, King David and Jonathan. Um, Scripture says that they loved each other as their own soul. Did they have love? Yeah. Were they intimate? You better believe it. But they were never inappropriate in crossing a sexual boundary. I mean, it says that they kissed each other. I mean, that's an intimate friendship. That's intimate companionship in this life with somebody of the same sex. You know, and so... uh, Whoever asked that question before in answering, does my daughter now not have any hope for having a relationship with somebody? No, because we have relationships with each other all the time. That is the essence of being a human, of being a Christian, of being alive, is that we are built to have relationship with one another. You know? No man is an island, right? We're not... We're not from birth or predisposed just because we have a particular condition on our mind or on our sexual orientation to not have human connection. And be right and um, holy with Christ. It's just a matter of submitting what already exists in you, namely your sexuality, whatever that is, to Christ. And let him show you what's going on and how to operate in it properly. How to operate in your identity as a Christian properly. So, everything else we talk about tonight is going to be based on this separation and how it all kind of pachinkos down apart and, and all that. So, go ahead.
1: I haven't heard pachinko in a long time, and I'm old. Err, older. Don't anybody stop halfway through that word. So, does that make sense? Sex, love, and intimacy. All exclusive, all inclusive, uh, all to be submitted before the Lord, right? That way you know what you're doing. So somebody who's in pornography doesn't understand this either. Because you see, pornography provides intimacy, even though it's only actually with yourself. Uh, Sex, clearly, because that's what it's for. And then love gets misconstrued as something that it's not. And then, of course, those feelings of depression, which then that rewires the brain, to be seeking after something even more and more, uh, well, in, in the case of pornography, more and more perverted. The appetite becomes to where this isn't good enough, I have to have more. And in the same sex attracted mind, that's very much the truth. Or even in opposite sex attracted people who are just out, um, you know, just, just having sex with anybody and everybody, one night stands all over the place. That's what's going on in the brain there is a loss of understanding, or not an understanding at all from the beginning of what God has for each of these things. So we know that God wants us to have sex, but he wants us to do it properly, right? Not having sex outside of marriage doesn't mean you're missing out if you love the Lord. Now that sounded like works, didn't it? But it's not, because the Bible says, and God said himself, All of these things are for you, for those who what? Who love me, who keep my commandments, who follow me, who allow themselves to be put in a category of a separated called people, right? So when you really look at it simply from God's point of view, it's okay that I don't have sex because that's not what would be best for me because God made me to be best on this planet. So I'm willing to have the best and give up what I think is good, right? So love, the Bible talks about, what is there, five kinds of love the Bible talks about? And we wanna make sure that people understand that uh, love isn't isn't in in itself a jumbled mess either because there's love that you have between friends. There's the love like uh, Brandon talked about between Jonathan and David. There's that love between you and God. Remember, you couldn't love before you found Christ. You know, the world talks about that, the world has slogans, love wins, and all this kind of stuff. But what does that really mean? If you don't know who love is, then how do you know what love is? You see? So if you understand that from the perspective of your, your friend at work who's not saved, that all you want to do is break their neck, then you just remember sin does what sin does. Love does what it does. And what does love do? It conquers all. So we keep that in place. If you're not sure what kind of love you're supposed to have for somebody because they just make you mad, go to your Bible, look up the word love, and get in touch with it, and then go to work. And let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. And intimacy. You know, uh, Brandon and I have been very close since we met. And God's put us in a very, obviously, uh, interesting uh, ministry. So we have an intimate relationship. We can say things to each other that we can't say to other people. The Bible actually tells us to do that. And I think that we run through scripture sometimes so fast that we don't take time to stop on it and say, I need to give you grace to do what the Bible says. The Bible says confess your sins one to another, right? I mean, that's the little portion of that whole scripture that we take in or out of context. But what does that really mean? Does that really mean that I have to tell you everything I would tell him? No. It means that I have to be able to have him and he has me so that we can say things that before the Lord we can share them. Do you understand? That's intimacy. That's an intimacy with God. That's what God wants you to have. And he doesn't want you to just skip over the verse and then make people feel guilty with it. He wants you to land on it, and talk about it, and absorb it, and share it. So let's, let's do that. So getting further into this uh, little handout that we gave you, we're going to kind of twist your mind a little bit. Um, we talk about what's in a label. A label means a whole lot, doesn't it? Because you don't want me to label you as gay haters, right? Because that would just be horrifying. And you probably don't appreciate if I were to label you as straight. Because that's not right. I'm ju- you're just people, right? God's creation. Why don't you just call me that? But yet it's okay. And this is what the world does, of course. The world makes labels because the one label that they don't have is Jesus. The one label that is not on their heart is Jehovah God. Unchangeable, intimate God. Child of the King. So they have to make other labels. See, where ours is etched in stone, theirs is made on paper. And the paper fades, and it peels. And then you have to have another one, and another one, and another one. And that's what this world is doing, and it spirals, and it continues. So where are we today? Well, you have the LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. Straight, fluid, meaning that today I think I want to be what I look like. And tonight I don't, so I'm going to be a non-conforming, which is the next one. So I'll go back and forth between being a boy and being a girl, or being a neutral, or being a boy that wants to wear girls' clothes and be called him and not conform to what you... I mean, really? But it just kind of keeps going. This new term, polyamorous, well, we used to call that polygamy, <laughs> if you're old enough, like over 30 but nowadays it's, you know, just people getting together and all having sex and all having love and everything is okay, and, uh, and it keeps going. So where does that leave you? Well, that leaves you wondering, what is love, right? We're right back to this top, top, topic up here. Which of these is sexual, which is truly love, and which is just one crying out for intimacy? And you can see they're all jumbled. So again, they're all kind of missing that whole love factor because they don't have God on it. So a big thing that uh, we talk about today too is what the, um, the, the humanists are going after, which is a genderless society. So in other words, by creating 36 gender types, which by the way is being taught in your local high schools, Actually, they went from 36 to just calling it fluid because there was too many confusing things to say, and the teachers wouldn't teach it. It was quite interesting. but uh, So gender neutrality. So there's not going to be boy and there's not going to be girl. It's just going to be easy to be whatever you are. Now that might sound like, well, I can sort of get that because then everybody's on an equal plane. Can you kind of, Yeah, we can kind of touch that one. It's not too painful. Until you find out what's behind that. You see, with gender neutrality, that means that I have the right to have sex with anybody in the room or your children at any time, because it's all neutral. You see, there's no growth rate. There's no, no construct, as the world puts it. It's just people loving people. And this is what they're going for. That's why there are groups out there that are pushing to get the age of consent lowered to as low as 10. That's why in the Islamic countries, you know, they don't consider it rape when they have sex with a nine-year-old or an eight-year-old because they consider it part of their religious right, as in their right to do that. But we don't have that. So you got to remember, cultures are different, but we want to stay in the culture of Christ. And though Christ doesn't put a number on really much of anything, kind of tells us people's age throughout the Bible, but he's given us a moral code inside of ourselves that says we're not all just one ball of uh, sexuality. We're all here to serve Christ and to love one another and grow each other, right? That's what we're here for. So this gender neutrality thing, it's a big deal. The gay community finally won with all of the... uh, the equality and all that kind of thing and we're going to get into marriage and marriage equality with gay christianity next week but um, so now the next thing again is now moving toward more the transgender thing and i want to talk to you about what's going on in our schools anybody here have any school-age kids or grandkids how many raise your hand high so i can see seriously this is what you need to know and this is the truth <laughs> versus not <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a program in the school, I don't know if you know this, There's called a school nurse. Everybody know what a school nurse is? Did you know that when your kid goes to the school nurse, that nurse has the state's authority and right to tell your children anything she wants to say about any program that the state has endorsed? Did you know that? It's true. So, if your child goes in there with a scraped arm, that's fine. And then there's another bruise over here and they say, oh, daddy, then the school nurse has the right to call the police and CPS and all these other things, right? Now, little Johnny goes in there and says, you know, I wish I could just stop playing with the boys because I like the girls better. Well, now she has the right to take him and put him into a transgender program immediately, without you knowing it. Oregon just recently approved a program for transgender children. It was not approved by this, the, uh, the, the, the government. It was never brought to you. It, they couldn't put it possibly on a vote. So what the, the school board did, or whoever the authorities were, they got with a group called TransActive. And these people said that all these high school and junior high kids that don't, you know, they've got those kind of parents that don't agree with it, well, they need a place to come and be transgender. So what the rules now are, the school adopted a program that said any, and I believe you have to be 13 to get into it. If a 13 to 16 year old goes to the school nurse and says, I'm transgender, I want to be the opposite sex, they are entered into a full scale onslaught of conversion. They receive therapy, mental and emotional. They receive hormones, they receive counseling, and then when they're 16, they're referred to the specialist to do the physical changes to the body once puberty has happened, assuming they haven't stopped puberty. And we'll get into that in a second. This is all legal, and this is going on in your school. Anybody going to send their kid, and by the way, there's 17 children in the state of Oregon that are in this program. You want to know the kicker? you don't have to be told. Not only do you not have to be told, you don't have to give permission, and it's none of your business. Anybody got a 14-year-old that you want the school to say, it's none of your business what we said that he gets to have? It's what they're doing. And there's currently, at least at last count, there were 17 kids. So how do you, I'm sorry, question, yes? Do you have a mic? We just want to be able to hear you, and embarrass you.
3: Uh, This question may sound a little ignorant, but... So, at 13, they can put somebody in a program? Yes. Without notifying the parents?
1: It's so severe. It's not a matter of without notifying. I want you to get the depth of this depravity. It's, we're not going to tell it. Don't worry, honey. They'll never know. We'll protect you from those parents. Don't you worry. That's how deep it is. So the question is,
3: Mm -hmm. is the state now owners of our children? And we didn't give them permission to do that. This isn't a socialist country or a fascist country. Yeah. And it appalls me that they can get away with
1: this and you know what we agree and that's why we're talking about it because if we don't tell you then you won't know right and if you'll pray for us you know we're gonna try to do something where we can you know from free indeed we can send out an email like at least once a month or something and tell you what's going on the changes in the schools or you know universities whatever it is it is almost what you said because This group got with the leadership, and they made a program, and they decided without telling anybody. Before I answer the question, wherever that was, I want to tell you the way out, because there is a way out. And that is, you need to go to the school, and you need to sign the form that is in their file cabinet that says, I opt out of all school nurse programs. The nurse is still obligated to help your child if they get cut or hurt, you know, a broken bone or something like that. But they are now banned and barred from offering any programs or solutions to their problems. Do you understand that? You must be proactive in this, or they will take your children. Where was the question? Okay, Um, over Trevor appreciate your involvement though, That's, I love, yeah, Mark, Mark, your, your people are better at running around fast.
4: Is this just one district Music. that has passed this, or is this across it's not Oregon? A, it's
1: not a district thing, it's a, it's a state of Oregon edu- Department of Education thing.
4: Okay, and that leads me to the second, with the 17, are you able to find out what schools they go to? No. I'm sure that's
1: all protected. I wouldn't want to know that anyway, necessarily. Well,
4: no, just so that we, you know, to make sure, like, and you're saying this is in our schools. It is.
1: It's currently going on. Just know that it's going on. doesn't matter who's doing it. I'm with you. Yeah, and and the point is, is it's here. It's here, guys. And Satan is not here to help you understand the people you might want to help. That's just precious. He's here to get your kid and to shut us up. We will slay the lion because Jesus is our sword, period.
4: John, do you know if the, the teachers and staff and administration and stuff, do they know that this is happening in the schools? Like if I go and ask for this form, am I going to have to explain the reason why I want to sign this form on behalf of my kids?
1: You may because it was one of those backdoor deals the school nurse would know the program. They, they know all of the little perverted programs that they can put your kids on. So <laughs> say, I'd like to see the list of problems. Yeah, you should look at that. Find out, okay, what's the school's policy on um, sexual abuse? What's the school's policy on sexual harassment? Because the gay kid or the transgender kid can harass your non-that kid, and it's okay. Work it the other way, you've got a problem. You've got a court case, so you should ask about birth control. You should ask about all these things. You show me what you do, health department. I'm opting out of all of this, and you sign one form, and it's over. And please understand, these sweet little people that are there to help your children, you know, this is where i got to be careful. I don't believe it, and you shouldn't either you should be standing up for the name of the Lord and for the name of your children and for their life and saying, I will not, and you will not, and that's it. And they'll all come against you because the Bible says they will. And you just do like we talked about in the first session where sin abounds, grace does super abound, and therefore you're the power in the room and you walk away with victory. So anyway, be strong about it because it's severe and it's serious. And I want to explain the term transgender, by the way, um, because it, it came along, because it, it got so confusing out there with all these different sexuality types, that, and then, and then it used to be called transsexualism, transvestism, you know, all of those terms are still out there, but now they took and said, well, let's just call it transgender. That way, anybody who's trans, transitioning, into whatever gender role they want to be, is just transgender. See, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily a boy turning into a girl, or vice versa. It's just anybody under that umbrella. Once you get to the point of doing all of what it takes to complete a task, if you will, you then move into a new category. So, somebody who has the surgeries is now the transsexual, not just a transgender person, okay? A lot of people out there, and this is, this is an interesting uh, fact too, a lot of people out there that are transitioning, they don't want to let go of their body parts. You'd be surprised how many boys don't want to let go of a particular part of the body. The mind just isn't ready to do that. There's just that, just that little something. I'm a woman in my brain, but I don't want to lose anything there. And, and so they don't some do some don't and and so what they've done so you can know is they've said well you're being a bigot if you ask me if I've had surgery there no you're not I'm giving you permission to ask that question and here's what you tell them you're the one who started the conversation so you owe me the answer you told me you're a woman you showed me that you have breasts you've told me you've transitioned you've told me about all this stuff so you owe me The answer to my question, have you fully taken care of the surgeries? It's a fair question. Ask it. Don't be afraid to. So anyway, and then of course what's happening, which you just got to love God. You know, He is so patient. He's willing to let us just go. And what happens once we get way out there? He says, I still love you. I'm still there. I'm still with you at the church. My kids don't get you, but I do. And I'm going to find one or two that will come over here and help you. And like we said, I think we said before, you know, we'd rather they come to heaven, into the kingdom without their whole body than to miss it, right? That's our goal. You guys here don't want to see them miss the kingdom, no matter how much you don't like what you see. Because the thing that you can't see for real is their heart god does the bible says the holy spirit knows our heart not you you see the physical that's why god says don't count on what you see don't trust your eyes kind of you know trust the holy spirit he'll do do a number for you any questions so far about all of that because that's that gets really wadded up Hmm? yeah or comments yeah we we definitely want to have any comments on that anybody need anything more
0: so what if we're in the place of that school nurse and a, a child comes to us or, or an adult comes to us and says i'm thinking about transitioning what kind of counsel should we give them
1: i missed uh, uh, you lost me at, you're a school nurse
0: no i'm saying what if i was in that position where a child comes to me with those questions about their sexual identity or they're considering they say they want to be a girl or if they're a boy. Oh, if you
1: were the school nurse? Exactly. Well, if you're in the world, you're going to say, that's okay, I've got a packet for you, and then we're going to not tell your parents, and then we're going to stop your puberty. By the way, did you know they do that? Did you know that? Get them young. Stop the puberty so that the bones don't grow into the feminine or male identity, yeah, so that the, the, the boy wanting to be a girl doesn't get a facial hair. All kinds of crazy things they do, and they're doing it. So anyway, getting back to your question, if you were in that position and you were in the world, you would be forced to give them what the world says. So now if you were in Oregon, you'd be forced to give them this transactive, that's the name of the group, transactive, their information about how to make it happen. As a transactive, as, as a Christian, well, you know what? I'm not real concerned about man's law, and I'm not in that position, so I can boldly say I'm going to tell the kid uh, he needs to go home and talk to mom and dad. And I'm not going to hand out a pamphlet because I am not willing that any child should die. I'm just not. I, I, I couldn't do that with good conscience. But if, if you had to, I, I don't know. I guess I would want the parents to come to me. I, I would really have a hard time with even a, a 16-year-old. I'd say, you know what, dude, why don't you talk to your mom and dad well I can't well do you have some friends Do you have a pastor do you have somebody before we step into this because this is serious stuff and I think you could counsel from its own self into the the devastating thing that they're getting ready to do that's what I would do (laughs) I'm not I don't have a problem counseling you about evil I'll tell you just what it is in fact I was carrying on about something like that today with Brandon to protect my daughter you know (laughs) don't come around her with that evil because i'm here to tell you so uh, counsel them into the word counsel them toward the lord you can do that uh, without having to say let's pray about your, your your salvation with jesus you don't have to do that you can't anyway find a way don't be the first one to go well i have to give you this that's what i'm saying does that over answer that question? i sorry. So anyway, we had uh, another great thing, gender neutrality in dating. Brandon and I are watching, we, we watch the worst shows uh, because we have to. And there's one that's on MTV about this, uh, this little boy that wants to be a girl and blah, blah, it's just sad. But one thing that she was with her uh, psychologist, talking about dating, this is a 14-year-old now, 13, 14-year-old, saying, well, I don't think the boys are going to like me because I'm transgender. I think you're right. (laughs) That would have been my answer. You know, I'm sorry, but when you get aroused, they're going to (laughs) freak. And they should. But that's not what she said. What I wrote here is what she gave her as advice. She said, boys and girls dating with the expectation of opposing body parts is a social construct and a created expectation. Did anybody ever feel that they had an expectation that what you were dating was opposite of you? We, we all did, right? I expected that when I got married, my wife was going to have what it took to make kids with me. So yeah. Yeah but it wasn't created except by the Father. But this is the mentality out there, guys, so that you know, this is what someone's gonna get told. It's just a social construct. It's just what you th- say has to be. Well, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be that, cause I'm not that. But it does have to be that, doesn't it? Because if you don't have the same mentality of the person who's saying these things, then you're not ever gonna get along with them, are you? You're not gonna date that person, it's gonna be just like that. So, um, Brandon, you, you were going to ask them a couple questions about people who have done tra- uh, some transitioning. Some fun things we want you to consider. I'm going to let Brandon. So
2: I just got back from Bible college not too long ago, up in Cannon Beach, Oregon, and went to Ecola. Woo! <laughs> um, and not Ebola or E. coli, E. Cola. <laughs> so don't ask. <laughs> no. Um, and one day we're all sitting around the table eating breakfast, you know. I just, and I was like, okay, oh, I got, I got a doozy. And just sitting around a bunch of conservative, homeschooled kids who had come to Bible college to learn more about the Lord, I just love to watch people squirm. <laughs> I won't lie. And so I asked, "Hey guys, so I have a question. What do you, what do you think?" So say there's two transgendered people who have gone through with the surgeries and have mental gender identities of like, so there's a, someone who's born a woman and transitioned to be a man and a man transitioned to be a woman. They find each other and fall in love. What does God think about that? And just
1: like, what what do you think, Pastor Mark? Are you going to marry this couple? I don't have
5: the answer, but I've, I've asked that question before, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know.
1: He's deflecting. <laughs> what do you think? Anybody? Anybody? Because that's just the first one. I just love this one. I mean, where does that put your brain?
2: If you ever at a Bible study and, like, you don't know anybody there, that's a great question to just <laughs> drop. <laughs> like, hey, guys, what do you think about yeah. this? And just watch watch sparks fly but also watch the holy spirit start to work because you start to you start to see people like their gears turning and like he actually asked a question like that you know and it's it's it's, it's okay and it's fun to think about stuff like that so i don't know does anybody have any any comment it just even even comments like what do you think about that going right there
1: yes absolutely mm-hmm. and they're on tv Of course, they're on. on Either walking the streets of Portland, and they're on. Yeah, they're in the streets. They're on the streets. They're yeah, absolutely. And if you really want to put strange to that, think about them kissing. And it's like she's a he, kissing he's a she. The one's got the beard. I don't. I'm lost. That's just. I give that to you.
2: And, you know, not, not to belabor it, but just to kind of, like, think about it and just kind of dissect the question a little bit, you have a person who technically, if you want to split hairs, identifies as being a... Well, actually, the question is, are they straight or are they gay? Because technically, the man who identifies as a woman is, is attracted to a woman... Who is identified as a man and vice versa so then like it's just i don't know that's my favorite question in the world to ask people
1: <laughs> this is usually where you hear the toilet flush because it's just a swirl <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you get the list of other community groups in the church so how about the one where because um, we we've been confronted with this the uh the girl transitions into a boy in their opinion and they want to date the girls in the class you know is is that okay you know they're they're supposedly a boy and you know what are you going to do what are you going to tell them how do you keep that in check or um, I have a friend who came to me about a, a a young person who was a girl took the male hormones looks like a boy didn't finish all the surgeries just got the uh, breasts removed. Um, you know, the beard, the hairy chest, the whole bit. So it looks kind of like a boy. You know, well done, good. But she found the Lord as a, as a he. And so my friend's like, well, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, just keep loving on him and, and let God do the rest. And then before, and now she's really, you know, she wants to understand. God bless her, just love her. And I said, by the way, I'd really like to meet her because I'd like to ask her out. Anybody else just freaking out a little bit right there? <laughs> she did. I said, Hello, are you still there? I, 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 I said, I what? Is that I yes or I don't know what to say? So, anyway, these are the kind of things that we actually do get confronted with. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think it's up between you and God as to how you handle that and the person, the two young people or older people who are in the situation. We will tell you that if, if, uh, a male has, if you do the Bruce Jenner thing, and then you're the guy who wants to date that person, I'm gonna tell you that there is nothing, that's a homosexual relationship, and it is not going to ever be cherished by God, period. I think when you get into the opposite sex uh, transitions, and now they've gotten saved, and even though they might not look like your standard male or female, I think then there's still hope for a relationship there that God would uh, honor because it would be, according to the Bible, male and female married. We have a question in the back.
3: I'm confused.
1: (laughs) So are we.
3: I don't think I'm alone. No. The original statement was um, identity issue, versus sexual issue. Mm -hmm. And then your statement just now was, if a male is attracted to a Bruce Jenner who is now female, where's the mindset on that? Because I'm assuming homosexual, if it's identity, what I'm coming up with is somebody is in a male body that feels that they're female or vice Mm -hmm. versa, and so they're going for the opposite. Or am I just really, really confused? No, that's a really,
1: no you're not really, really confused. Um, you're, you're getting it, actually. Uh, so keep, keep following us, because that's really, really good. Uh, a lot of, this is kind of a, a newer trend, uh, but a lot of the men who are transitioning to women want to be with women. And when I first started hearing that, I thought, why in the world? That just doesn't make any sense. Because that's called just being a straight guy, right? It just makes sense, but as they, their, their minds are usually taken and broken by something, uh, some into pornography. So the, the this, this idea that they have to become that because in that world that's what men like, so I will become that. And then they have such a uh, compulsive, deep uh, problem and this is where the addiction of sex comes in and they get just trapped in it that they want to become that which they see is pleasing. And then in the real world, those people will like me too. But interestingly enough, a lot of those type of transgender people, men to the women thing, they don't get rid of the lower body parts. And before this was uh, really well known and popularized like it is now, uh, there is pornography that, f- that feeds that. And so there, is, there was always a group of people where the men would not get rid of all the body parts of a man, and it was straight men who pursued them for the bizarreness of the attraction. You know, whether we want to believe it or not, and I'm sorry if this is too heavy for you, are you guys doing okay? I'm not, I don't want to get dirty or anything, I just want you to know it's the truth. Everybody has a need to want something fresh and new and exciting, right? That's what dating is about getting a crush on somebody, following somebody oh, it's all exciting, and then it's like, oh, boring. And then you're married, and you go, oh, children. Right, if it goes that far. If you're a good church-going person, you, you have to get married. Right? But that, that excitement, so we look for the excitement. So what happens is people who are broken and then get into these fetish things and, and fall into these traps, now you have supposedly normal people who are attracted to it, and they consume that, So what happens, you know, the broken people are even more broken and the people consuming it become broken and and really quite evil, to be honest with you. That's another reason that you consume just a little bit of porn and you can think of it as you just had a little girl raped because you bought into that scene. And that's not a joke. You bought into... You know, if you follow the transgender world and you, if you were to go to Portland and meet with the transgendered, especially females, the men going to female, they're not fully transitioned because they can't, and, and I hate to use the word transition, but it's, it's the word, so we're going to use it, continue to use it. But they can't afford the surgery, and this is why our government and now these uh, groups are trying to make it to where you have to have it as an insurance coverage. You see, if we can make it insurance coverage, man, we can wipe out the male race or the, you know, the male species. And that's what they're after. <laughs> don't, don't think they're not trying to get rid of men, because it's true. So what happens to these young people and older people? They lose jobs. They get thrown out of homes. Friends reject them. Churches won't have them. So where do they end up? Where do you go when you have nowhere else to go and you need to eat? Does anybody have a guess? On the street, and what do you do when you're on the street? You guys, come on, you know what happens, right? The prostitution, sex industry, pornography. Here's this broken person, and because we wouldn't let him through the door and feed them and be willing to Call him a she. They're being used. And people consume that. Here's another fun little statistic there's more gay pornography consumed by the Bible Belt in America than anywhere else. Why? Because they're trying to break out of their, their norm. You know, this is odd, this is strange, this is talked about, so I'm going to go discover it. And without even knowing it, the hooks are in and they're drug into a place that's horrifying and they don't know how to get out and that's why we approach pornography from a sexual identity issue we, we're not going to sit there and have you write scriptures you know on the board and everything's going to be good because it's not your brain is being rewired And the reason that it's a, a
2: sexual identity issue and um, I, I got we know what that term means between the two of us and just to kind of talk a little bit more about exactly what that means um, when we talk about sexual identity, um, ultimately it's where is my satisfaction, my sex, my love, and my intimacy coming from? Um, I, I think I might have shared this earlier, <clears throat> earlier how we went to uh, Portland and talked to a bunch of different transgender people, and uh, actually the number one topic that we talked about amongst them was identity, and how... Um, People are trying to find their identity in their sexuality. Gay pride is the biggest concentration of people trying to find their identity in their sexuality besides people who are identifying themselves and standing on and being proud of being porn users. Um, What you were talking about with the whole uh, Bruce Jenner thing and how gender and sexuality is being a matter of identity. Well, the point is, is that Bruce Jenner took something that was in his mind. uh, I feel like a woman. And it went from I feel like a woman to I am a woman. It became an identity that he took on. Um, And even the dude who sees that and says, man, I want to date that, knowing that this is a a man who is trying to be a woman, there's probably something in his understanding of of his own masculinity and his own um, sexual identity that is off in its own way. There's there's some sort of a healing, there's some sort of a brokenness that needs to get touched by Christ and submitted to Christ so that we can understand more fully the circumstances that are on our life, no matter what they be, even take it outside of the realm of sexuality. If somebody is born with a genetic predisposition to be an alcoholic, then they have to understand how to live their life um, with that circumstance on them, but not identify with it. To not have your identity be, hi, I'm an alcoholic. That's why there are certain programs that we don't, don't want to be a part of, because that's how you identify yourself for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, and... And so, you know, you, you meet the person, you know, the, the big G thing.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, little G, big G. Little G, I like dudes. Big G, I am, I am gay. This is me. And so, um, it's the same thing with uh, gender dysphoria or, you know, uh, gender identity kind of kinks in your think. It's like, we can counsel people to be satisfied in who they are in Christ without trying to satisfy that need in themselves. Here's here's a really good example. Um, Did you know that there is actually a mental uh, disorder in which somebody who has all of their limbs looks in the mirror, and when they have this this identity crisis, this identity disorder, they will see a part of themselves that looks like it does not belong there. Say, it's, it's a leg below the knee. And they feel a serious, deep, deep-seated issue with that leg being there. And I, I, I kid you not, I, I, was, I remember this. I was 11 years old, and I was watching a documentary on this. It's sitting on my living room floor, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Like, people are like this. And the dude is standing in front of the mirror with the camera on him, and he has... His, his ankle ace bandaged around so that, it, so that he rests and feels like it's not there. And he's like talking to the camera guy. He's like, the only way that I feel whole and like myself is when, is when I'm like this. You know, sometimes I'll even get bigger pants so that I, the, the pant leg actually sags and I tie it in a knot. And people actually will sever the limbs themselves. Mm-hmm. That same guy um, actually sat in his car, filled a small trash bucket with dry ice, and stuck his leg in there at the knee and waited there until his flesh died. Tourniqueted off. And then as, as his skin started to turn black, and uh, as, as his, like, Flesh started peeling away. He went to the hospital to have it amputated before he got gangrene. It's the same kind of thing. I look at myself in the mirror and I don't feel complete unless I see a woman. But even then, it's not a real satisfaction because you're not satisfied in who you actually are. It's the same thing with anorexia. Somebody who looks in the mirror and just sees somebody who is repulsive and grossly overweight when they're wasting away. It's, it's an identity thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an accepting of the self thing. I can't live this way unless I look this way, unless I'm with this person, unless I have these parts. When it's not about that at all. It's about knowing who you are to Christ and finding grace to deal with the different circumstances that are on your life because of sin affecting this world. That's the truth, and that's the crux of the reality of identity issues. Here, we're just particularly talking about sexual identity. So does that kind of answer that a little better?
1: It is a mental disorder, not a disability, it's a disorder. But you can't call it that because uh, the American Psychological Association has moved it off of the uh, treatable disorders list.
3: Excuse me, I'm, I want to go back to the uh, person who wanted to have their leg amputated. Mm-hmm. And I'm familiar with that. There's more than one case. Yeah, I've seen but, them. But when a person does something like that we intervene and so uh, excuse me there's a double standard here where we intervene when somebody has a disorder in which they have to remove a limb in order to feel whole Mm -hmm. but if they want to remove their genitals then we support them in that yeah you're
2: absolutely right and that's that is the the appalling double standard of reality in that just because now it's, it's not just about your sexual identity and your gender identity isn't just about you not feeling good about having a limb, because you can still be a straight man and live the rest of your life and have relationships and a marriage. Like, sure, that's going to be weird, and you're going to have an expensive prosthesis, or, you know, you're going to have to walk around with a crutch. But a woman can still look at that and be like, I'm crazy too. But when it comes down to your gender identity and it comes down to your sexuality and, and stuff like that, where it actually affects how you relate to other human beings, then you have an issue because that's not just it's not really just fixed with the surgery. It's a heart issue, it's a mind issue. And so in our culture, we become so, and I use this word in in the real sense, tolerant, that now, because these people are fighting so hard against what um what is really really good and nobody seems to be able to help so now everyone's bending bending together to be broken and have broken relationship with each other and it's just it's just uh fostering more brokenness whereas something like that the the leg thing is easy, easily deal deal withable or you know
1: it's and they used to uh you know back when the at least when I can remember as far back and I'm sure it's been going on for a while but like in America with the surgeries um, you had to go through a very long process and a lot of counseling and all that kind of thing when it was on the list of psychological issues but since they took it off that, um, like our friend who who went from male to female, it was supposed to take two years plus all these other things he had it done in like three or four months because all he had to do was go and say the right things to the right people get the signature, they got paid, everybody's happy So, sadly, like Brandon said, we banded together to try to help these people fit in so that that the world would accept them. And that turned into what the world turns it into, breaking them even more. And that's where we want you to understand this is the crux of Jesus. This is where you've got to let them in your life. You've got to see it for what it is. You've got to know that you're simply looking at pain and heartache and you're the one who can bring the comforter, you see, but instead they've comforted in themselves.
5: Yes, that's kind of where I'm going. During week one, you talked about a transgender man who was coming to some of your sessions. Correct. And that after several weeks or months, he found Christ and he actually said, I now know I am a man and not a woman. That's correct. And ever since I've been thinking, how did he move from one place to the other? Because that is as I hear all of this, I think we want to show these people grace, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to show them grace in, in terms of saying where you are is good. And if that's where you want to stay, that's fine with me. So I want to show them grace in terms of accepting them and Mm -hmm. being with them, but I want it to go somewhere. And that's what you you have done.
1: And that's a very common theme. And you know what, I really appreciate the way you put that because some people really strike at us with that one and use it as a weapon, but you've put it in grace and love. And I thank you because you would love me to where I'm at and to take me further see the difference is it's okay in our opinion to say i will love you where you're at because i believe and we know that when somebody accepts christ they are where they're at right so i think what you want to do is you do want to give them all the grace that they need and this goes back to our timeline when you talk about change Because you want to make sure you're not just keeping them loved into their stuckness, right? But remember, change comes through the Holy Spirit, right? uh, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. What does that mean? That means that we read the Word over and over and over and constantly we share it, we talk about it, right? We do these things. That's how faith comes. I'll eventually see the fruits of that right just because your life will change i don't have to demand it of you and i don't have to ask you to prove your faith to make sure you meet what i think you know what i'm saying and i don't hear you saying that but i want you to be free from that fear that if you don't do enough and they don't change enough that somehow god doesn't think you were good enough because that's not true he didn't call you you didn't die for him you can't change him you can only give grace and love. Love your neighbor as yourself. You've given yourself as many years as you've been alive to love you. And you're planning on loving you more, right? So that's what we're saying. Love them for as long as they're there that God has given you the opportunity. Yes, yes, there should be change. But I wanna be very careful and cautious with that to say, if you had known me 10 years ago, and you had judged me not good enough because I didn't change to your thought, not, not you guys directly, but just think about that, then you would have given up on me. You would have said, well, what, what's the difference? He's not doing anything. But what you don't know is what God was doing in my heart. You see, it's my heart that was changing, even if my activity was the same. And I'm here today because of it.
3: If you've already covered this I apologize for coming in late but I I graduated from college in 1969 at that time I had two good friends who were in the process of uh, changing their gender surgically and they were in the phase that phase where they had to live as a woman for a year I remember that and um, and the funds were available If if they and during this time they were receiving a lot of counseling both of them were unable to sustain that living as a woman for Mm -hmm. a year, and their conclusion to me was that they had a sexual fetish that they liked having sex with a man in the role of a of a woman, and that Mm -hmm. they didn't really want to be a woman. Mm -hmm. One of them was compellingly realistically as a woman. The other one. Just seem to make kind of a half an effort.
1: There's <laughs> so. nothing worse than half an effort when you're trying to be the other gender. You know, it's like, dude, shave. Really? You know, interestingly Mab- enough, um, M- Maybeline can't cover that. That very,
2: uh, not exactly, but something very similar to that. If you if you have time, go on to xxxchurch.com and look up Diamond D Bell. He's a man who lives in Las Vegas and has an incredible story. Um, This guy was an attractive man um, living in Vegas and being a stomp around, but his thing was porn. And the pornography actually took him deeper and deeper and deeper into this thinking that I want women, I want tons of women, and I want more women... So maybe if I become a woman, women will find me more attractive and it will give me more women. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Just like what we were talking about earlier.
2: That's actually a very common place that porn can take somebody. Mm -hmm. It's how sinister it is. Internet pornography is something that is unique to the human history because it provides novelty and dopamine spikes and actually rewires your brain's chemistry faster than anything else. It's amazing. Um, and I actually just watched another video on that, very, very informative video on the effects pornography has on he, the, the brain's chemistry and on daily living. It's called uh, yourbrainonporn.com. And the guy's an atheist who does the video, but he does it, science, it's, the science is solid. And so when you, when you hear the word, you know, evolutionary device, you just think, divine design, and you've got it good. Um, But yeah, that definitely is actually a common story of people who are in some sort of a sexual bondage or in a sexual addiction that they seem to not get out of, and then pretty soon they just start to identify with it, and it overtakes them in different ways.
1: And what you're talking about is what I was referring to, uh, where when it it began like back then, or like when Renee Richards... Uh, did his thing, her thing, its thing, whatever. Um, sorry, I get lost sometimes. He was forced to live as a man to prove to himself, or as a woman, because he is a man, was a man. Wow. So that he could prove to himself that he was comfortable in woman's skin. Boom! I got it out. That's how they had to do it, and that's why they didn't. they, they started giving hormones along the way but yes they did so you couldn't get a new id nothing else but now that we've taken and made all of this equality which is what they've tried to do and this is where the church butts up against it so hard and i don't want to insult either side but i want to tell you that the, the more you fight against something the less you win because they're not listening and neither are you and that's why when the world decided well Let's make gay be the focus and not that because I've known people like that too. Um, they fought for gay rights, right? That's, that's, that's all they wanted was gay rights. That was it. I'm going to be able to be gay and I can go to work just like you and that's all I'm asking. And the, and the, the people who gave over their, their power to a few people and called it the religious rights said, No, no, no. God hates that. So we're gonna stomp it out. We're gonna pressure it out. We're gonna wash it out. And that's not what the Bible ever said. The Bible never said eradicate those around you as I will eradicate you. I'm, is that in second delusions? I think it's first hesitations. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So you have to buy a Catholic Bible to get the, oh, I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, I was Catholic, you're Asian, we can do this. Uh, so, that's what, that's what it was, but now that, again, they took it out, once they took it out of that mental problem, ish, you know, side of thing on the American Psychology uh, Association psychological, it, it's just, Katie barred the door, it's, and everything is open, so they don't do that anymore. So, I want to get to some of the things that Brandon uh, started in on and that kind of will help you with some bringing all this together as we move through this. What is ex-gay? Why do people, especially, or including Christians, leave the lifestyle and then return? Uh, What's an advocate? And why does God seem powerless over all of this sex and sexuality? And what is true freedom? So, first of all, an advocate is somebody who says, I believe in everything that you want, everything you do, and I'm not going to say no to anything, and we're going to be so equal that you could kill yourself and I'll be in your cheerleading section. course they're not going to say that but that's what they're doing but that's an advocate it's somebody who goes out and fights for the cause to cause you the pain that they determine is on me okay so I'm the gay guy in the room I'm the one in pain mark is the advocate and he's going to make sure that between the two of us a hundred people hurt because he perceives my hurt being greater than your opinion of me see So that's how that works. So what do we want to do? Of course, we want to get the advocates to advocate for all good. And you can become an advocate for their case. Hey, yeah, I want to see you happy and healthy, but no, I don't want you to be the school nurse trying to get my kid to turn into a girl. I can love you and I can walk with you, but I'm not willing to take your case and make other people hurt for it, but I'll still love you. So I think there's... I think as a Christian we can advocate for love and for equality as people meaning being able to go to work, being able to be a part of society, being able to do and be let them be open about whoever they are just like you are right that's really in my opinion kind of okay not, not necessarily like the, the sex and all that remember we have separated this out so now we're looking at people that we're going to teach them how to be intimate with other people how to understand what love really is and how to put sex in the arena of God right? Because unless you're married, man or woman, you're not supposed to be, you know, it's infidelity before the Lord. So we can do those things. So how does that affect someone like me? Let's say, well, I don't like the term ex-gay. It's now used as a real bashing term, you know, because if you type in ex-gay into the internet, you will get bombarded with all of the bad stories about all the ex-gay people that came out and said, I'm straight, and now they're not. And I wanna explain this, because it's really important. Has anybody ever heard of the group Exodus? If you're Baptist, you should have, because they were the ones who promoted them to uh, superstar status, and that's not you, it's just what the convention did, and I remember it. But see, their opinion was, and what, the way they did it, is everybody aware that they failed, and that they're gone, and that their leadership has actually come out and said, we're sorry, and that one of the leaders is continuing the Exodus platform, but as a um, born-again, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, he's Evangelical. a Christian. Evangelical, or what's the other word? It starts with a P. I can't think of it. Huh? No, he's, anyway, just, you know, he's, uh, speaks in tongues and has all that stuff, he's out there. Pentecostal, even, yeah, born again Pentecostal, gay Christian, we're going to talk about that more. But anyway, so their focus was on the people. Their focus was on how many people can I turn straight. Their focus was, the the notch on their pole was how many guys got married, how many girls got married, how many children were had, and that kept the money flowing. Oh, thank God, we don't have to do this. You're turning them all straight. Oh, you didn't turn anybody straight. As I said to, and I'll tell you again if I haven't said it publicly, when somebody gets saved and they're gay, they might go straight home, but they don't go home straight. And that's just the truth. You know, somebody who's 900 pounds is not going to be 150 pounds by the time they get to the door. It's just not going to happen. So, what's the change? What's the transition? Where, where is that in you? Well, I'm going to take you in on that journey. I did not know what that meant. I thought it just meant I have to stop having sex with guys. That's where it started. That's the part that was a failure. Once that rule was taken off of me, I, I get, got rid of the rules and regulations of being who I'm supposed to be before the Lord. Then I became free to be who I was supposed to be before the Lord so grace then began to take over like I've told you very honestly I still didn't know what to do or and I still couldn't stop my my desires for sex I mean you know we're all we all want sex so I'm gonna go get it but the Lord didn't ever stop loving me remember I was saved at 16 pursued me ever since but what happened was I begin to say Lord I I really do want to make a right decision for you And I do really get that grace is my power, not my stretch of approval. Do you understand what that means? We don't take grace and stretch it out so that it covers all of your sin, or use it as our excuse to sin. The Bible even says that directly. Don't do that, because you're not where you think you are. So he began to love me. And I began to change. I began to have a distance between the times that I would engage with somebody. And all of a sudden it was like, well, you know, it's been a long time and there's the itch, but I'm not going to go for that. I'm going to let it just lie and I'm going to keep going. And then all of a sudden there was more time. And then the Lord came into me, to, to mind and, and the Holy Spirit came and began to show me the, de- the places in my life. Because I asked where I was hurt, where I was broken, what happened, who did what, why, when, where, all of that. And in that reveal, he said, but I was with you. I've always loved you and I always will and I believe that I told you that the day that I believed that Jesus loved me was the day I believed Jesus loved me and if you don't think that's critical you need to stop and think about it because somebody who's in the brokenness that I come from or in that Brandon understands does not believe that Jesus really loves them because there's too many rules and there's too much hardship to go take the rules and the laws off so why do people go back Well, because it gets to a point where these three things now begin to intertwine. And now the need for sex is too strong. Now the need for intimacy becomes a a, a task. And the need for love. So all of a sudden now, it's like, well, I love the Lord and I'm living alone. But now I'm living alone and I love the Lord. So I think he loves me enough to let me do what I need to do to satisfy my need. And we begin to recreate God. And you can find these stories all over the internet. You know, people leaving the church, people saying, well, God loves me. He gave this to me. No, he didn't. I believe that God gave me or allowed the sin, the difficulty of same-sex attraction to be a part of my life because he knew that today was coming. Nobody else knew that. Everybody who hated me and wanted me dead didn't know that they thought it would be better if i was just another dead faggot and that's the truth those words were said but god didn't say that he said no you're mine you're my little man you've got a place and a purpose and if we focus on christ and not on ourselves that's freedom in christ i've said before that i'm so free that i can choose not to have sex with somebody of the same gender because it's okay because I know that my love comes from the Father and my intimacy comes from the friends he's given me. My joy is in the Lord. But if we don't get somebody to those points, if you don't stay with them to that level of love and care and devotion, then you will keep seeing these things happen. They will be Christians that'll come out of it and they'll go back to it when you have given up. And when they can't tell you, hey, you know what? I went away for the weekend because I just had to do it. And then you freak out. Or somebody, you know, oh, I can't do that. God, don't you do that. The the cliff is coming. You know, I I was with Cliff this weekend. You should have seen him. You see? So we're all willing to go over the cliff. And people say, well, what if you don't tell them? Then how will they know? You, You have to trust that God is bigger than what your words are. God is bigger than their heart. God is bigger than their sin. God is great, period. And I just want you to know, in love, I did not have a church person next to me at any point. I did not, however, do it alone. I had God, the greatest church person that ever was. So I don't want you to think you fail because you don't see or you, you have to do because that's what the last tract said that the, the convention put out. It's, maybe it's just not true. Maybe there's more to you in your Christian walk than there is, th- th- than you realize. You know, and I believe there is, or you wouldn't be here. Because I believe you're going to be able to take this and when you meet that person go, go, hmm, my natural tension... Uh, d- propensity is to say this and do this, but John said, don't. John said, hold off on that. John said, get to know them. John said, invite them to lunch. John said to go over there and be their friend and meet their partner, meet their children, kick their cat. I mean, pet the cat. (laughs) Love the dog, though. You got to love the dog. So why does God seem powerless? Only because we are. But you see, the Bible tells us that in our weakness, he is made stronger. But we forget to tell people that. We forget to stop on that verse and say, you know what, when you're going off with Cliff, you're going into your weakness. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit who is in you is with you. And he's there to help you. You can call on him in your time, in your time of need. God does not turn away he does not fall off the, the throne. He doesn't have to press a life alert button and get the angels to come pick him up because you did something. You do not have the power to move God's hand away from anything or anybody. You can't change the future. You can't change the hairs on your head. All you can do is two things. What are they? Just the two things that Jesus said to do. There you go. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Be willing to know that if you say, well, if you tell me the truth about me, I'm willing to hear it. Really? Because I can challenge that in about that much time. Because if I'm telling you what the Bible says, and I believe I'm right, and all I'm doing is helping a person with an instruction in that, and how to love your neighbor as yourself. But the opinion of the person I'm talking to remains, well, no, I'll do it my way because that's the way it's gonna be. Do you really wanna hear that you're sinning? Are you really willing to listen to me tell you you're in rebellion to God? That's rebellion, that's sin. When you're so clear that your way is it, you've put yourself in the place of God. Are you willing to take yourself out of that place Give yourself grace to do it. I have to do it every day. I had to do it today when I got upset about something with my daughter. You know? (laughs) And I, hmm, okay. Because if I was God, people would have been dead today. (laughs) Oh, they would have fried. And it would have been a lot of them. So anyway, I got to take myself out of the way i got to get my opinion and my personality sometimes and get it submitted before the Lord. How do I stay free? How come I'm so different? Why is it? Because I'm different than different. You see, I'm not only not walking in the gay world, but I'm not only uh, from that, not just having sex with other people. I'm okay with the fact that I don't want to be married. I'm not, I, I don't he- hear that in my life. I don't feel it. I don't have a desire for it. I don't want to have any more children. Ooh. And I, <laughs> I'm okay, but I don't need to go out and satisfy the flesh in a sexual way either because I'm called to be separate. I'm called to be the right way. And I'm not called to be above you because I'm not. I am so not better than you. I stumble and I fall right here, but you're there to pray for me so I get back up so the angels don't let me get hurt so that the Holy Spirit can love me And that's how I do it. And that's how everyone can do anything in their life. You absolutely can walk exactly like the man Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do everything that that God Jesus did. And that's what this is about. Any questions? Because it's 7.29 and I have to let you go on time. Mark, are you? um, They're everywhere.
4: So I'm trying to understand, you know, once you, in, if you're in the gay lifestyle, once you've accepted Christ and you understand love and intimacy, then are you in a sexless life? Or can a Wait. man-woman relationship be restored?
1: A sexless life? No, I
4: mean, I mean, when you're talking about you know, coming out of the gay lifestyle... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that'd be a hard one to present. Like, come out of the gay lifestyle, be a Christian, and that means no more sex. I mean, how do you, like, what does that are, look like? Are you married?
1: Yes. Okay, do you have any kids? Yes, Okay, Lots. so, and uh, go, oh, one of those. <laughs> we called them breeders, but that's really rude. Um, so are you gonna tell them uh, no sex?
4: No, but that's, I guess that's what I'm asking. But,
1: that, but you would, right? Because you no, would say your sex needs to be submitted to the Lord. We're on the same page here. Let me get to the yeah. point. Because the way you make that sound is common. And this is what people hear, and this is why they fall back into it. Oh my gosh, you're going to have a sexless life. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says I can have all the sex I want, but I want to do it God's way. Because the Bible says all, I can have all the sex I want God's way, I can get married and go completely insane, I'll show you all up. Or I can stay as a man of God before a moral God, place my morality, and know that that is more important than my flesh's need to be tingled. So it's not a sexless life at all. I am a whole person because that is submitted to Christ.
4: Are there That's those that came out? That, Sorry? Are there those that, I guess, are in Christ that have that are now in a...
1: Same-sex relationship?
4: No, that are in a uh, man-woman relationship.
1: Oh, yeah, lots of people do that. Yeah. Usually it's somebody who hasn't gone out and experienced quite as much of the, the world that I did. It's really hard when you come out of the depths that I w- uh, went through and end up... Opposite sex attracted and then fulfilled There's fewer of those but if they're younger and they kind of you know, they're 22 and it's like oh This is just a mess and God gets them a lot of them get married But then again, they still have to submit their Opposite sex sexuality to the Lord too because it can become their stumbling block believe it or not because all of a sudden it's like well this feels really good and I remember how that felt when a man did that to me, so, uh, you know what I mean? So you want to make sure it's always submitted before the Lord. And we're going to get into next week the, the gay Christianity and how you pull all of that together with Christianity from that side. So it's, that's really good. Thank you. Uh, yes. I,
6: I spoke with you last uh, week. Um, we have a 14-year-old granddaughter in a middle school in Salem, and uh, it's, it's really cool to be gay. Right. And I ask is if, uh, from the girls' perspective, is this because there's such a social pressure to be validated by having a boyfriend? And uh, if boys aren't showing any interest to these girls, uh, they decide, well, I'm going to be gay, I'm going to be a lesbian, because then I'm rejecting these boys that don't notice me.
1: And, um, right.
2: Kind of so what's a very th- common thing, actually, to, to happen nowadays. Um, in fact, more, more girls who come to us and say, you know, I've, I'm gay, or youth pastors who talk to me about, you know, I have this, you know, rebellious girl who, whatever, you know, is saying that she's gay now. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a social ploy for acceptance and popularity.
1: Because they're usually so not, and they're usually not gay, that, well, to be because honest. I,
6: a question I ask is, you know, ha, have they had a, a sexual experience? That depends. It depends, and, yeah. Uh, you know, do they really understand what, what they're saying?
2: Yeah.
6: And, you know, there, I didn't get an answer. And another question I have <laughs> these transgender uh, individuals that have the surgery and everything and still... Mm-hmm don't find their niche is there. a high suicide
2: rate.
1: Yes, and we have to let you guys go at 7.35. So if anybody needs to leave, go ahead and go, please. Thank you for being here. We'll see you if next week. If you have
2: week. specific questions
1: um, We're that we didn't get
2: one. around to, like please, everyone who has a question, yeah. please write it down. Because the more questions and stuff that you ask us, the more we actually have to think through and build a database and an FAQ. It actually helps us. So. If you could write those questions down, and tear them off on a piece of paper, give them to us, and we'll actually go through and answer some of them next time.
1: And on the back, or on the second page, uh, be sure and read what this says, because it goes along with that other article. I want you to look at these things and see what's really going on. Do you really know what birth control does? Because I'll bet all of you don't. And you'll be surprised when you find out that the common <laughs> birth control pill is nothing more than an abortion pill. But anyway, getting back to your question really quickly, Uh, They may or may not have had sexual uh, contact. It's popular. It was popularized to have a gay friend by women during the the big feminist movement. Have a gay male friend because that makes you cool. And, And if there is social rejection, 14 to 21, that's when there's all the confusion and all the hormones and the experimentation and all that stuff goes on. So sometimes it's just to make you mad. You, personally. You know, or the parents. Well, I'll show you. I'll be a lesbian today. Fluidity in the gender identity. So give it time. Give it to the Lord because he knows what's going on. Mark? Thank you, John. Let me
5: close this in prayer. And then if you have questions, come on up and ask them. Um, Lord, it's, it's been a challenging evening, Lord. You've, you've really been speaking to us. And you're opening our minds, Lord, to, to how far we can go without you. But we praise you that you are great and you are bigger than any of our sin. Uh, Lord, And you, it's your grace, it's your love that is overwhelming and, and all-powerful. So we trust you, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for these guys. Thank you, Lord, for just the ability and the freedom to talk about these real issues. Lord, we go out tonight praising you. In your name, amen.
1: And I say we need to pray for rain. You know, if you're like me, you look at California and go, they deserve it, right? They got horrible politicians, but Oregon has got the same thing. And we need to reach out to God to get this place wet. And also, if if you think of topics that you'd like to hear us
2: talk about, not just questions or stuff like that, or have a comment or a story or something, please email it to us and we'll put it up on our website because we want to involve you as much as possible and grow ourselves. So thank you so much for coming out tonight.